You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 21st, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You of course follow me on Twitter at philiprr__omd. On today's episode, we'll talk all about the Magic's 93-91 loss to the Toronto Raptors, a heartbreaking defeat to end the Magic's four-game homestand, a definite opportunity to score another major win out the window. A little bit of blame on themselves. Uh, obviously, you could always do a little bit better, um, but a hard-fought game nonetheless and, and one that the Magic can certainly continue to grow and build from as they get ready for that dreaded West Coast trip. Ooh, the West Coast trip. We'll get ready for that a little bit on today's show as well. And we'll talk more about the Magic's defense, which really finally emerged in and in, in this homestand generally uh, in many respects, but also in this game particularly, a really encouraging game and a preview of the big lineup. We got to see B.I.G. finally out on the floor, and their early returns were interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that on today's, epi- today's episode of Locked On Magic, but before you do any of that, I want to remind you that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Thanksgiving's coming up. We won't have a show tomorrow, but uh, we'll get you ready for the Magic's game against the Denver Nuggets on Friday. But if you want to get a jump start, Locked On Nuggets is where you should go to learn more about the Denver Nuggets. It's a great, great resource. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the level of detail that you come to expect and you come to love from Locked On Magic. You can also check out Locked On NBA. They've got a new uh, correspondent or, or guest guest host in NBA veteran Trevor Booker, giving you, giving you great insight on all the goings-on around the league from the player's perspective. Also, lots of great Locked On hosts as well doing their best. You can hear from uh, some writers as well. Um, on Locked On NBA. And of course, if you're looking for fantasy advice, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is your place to go as well. You can check out all these great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network just by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Orlando Magic taking on the Toronto Raptors to close out their four-game homestand, and it went down like this. Uh, Toronto racing out to an 18-point lead in the first half. Orlando's offense looking really, really poor, uh, just unable to crack Toronto's defense. A lot of turnovers, really sloppy, uninspired, uh, frankly, unfocused play. Just again, I talk about this a lot when the Magic do struggle. It's about attention to detail. Are you going to get down and do the things that you need to do to win games? Orlando really struggled with that in the first half of this game, but the second half was a completely different story. Orlando erasing a 10-point deficit at halftime taking the lead in the fourth quarter. Down to the wire in this one, Orlando and Toronto going back and forth. Eventually, Toronto taking a two-point lead on a Serge Ibaka jumper uh, with about 40 seconds to play. Orlando still down two. Time winding down when Evan Fournier breaks free from Danny Green's tough defense, tough physical, close defense. He breaks free for a two-handed jam with two seconds left. Orlando looks like they're about to force overtime. 91-91. But... Still lots of time on the clock, and Toronto and Nick Nurse run a fantastic play to spring Danny Green open. He curls around Serge Ibaka on what looks like a flare screen. Wessel Wundu takes a bad angle, gets caught behind, chasing, gets bumped off by the screen. Danny Green catches it along the baseline. Aaron Gordon's a little late rotating to help. Hits the jumper over Aaron Gordon with half a second remaining. The Toronto Raptors walk out of the Amway Center with a 93-91 victory over the Orlando Magic. Look, we all know... 
We're past the point of moral victories here. We're not going to sit here and claim, oh, the Magic gave a good fight against the best team in the NBA to this point or the best team in the Eastern Conference. And certainly Toronto looked, you know, even without OG Ananobi, without CJ Miles, without Norman Powell, without a lot of their key guys, without some of their key role players, they looked like they are a, a potentially elite team. Um, Orlando did a great job defensively, which we'll talk about a little bit later on here. Um, but Toronto felt like they were in control of that game, felt like they could run away with that game in the first half. And, and Orlando was left scrambling, and, and they really needed to play some good basketball to get themselves back into this game. And I honestly would say the Raptors played a solid game, not a great game, you know, not enough to beat an elite team, but certainly enough to beat a, let's, let's face it, a kind of middle-of-the-conference team in the Orlando Magic. This is a good team, and, and Orlando yeah, they gave good. They gave a good fight. Um, you know, I think you know. I, I, I've said this several times. Um, you know, when we have these kinds of losses, that you know, this Magic team last year probably folds. Probably even doesn't make it a close game. Doesn't require Toronto to take that kind of a shot to to win the game. So, if you want to find progress there, you can find progress there. But certainly, Orlando will feel like they left one on the board. A because it's a home game, which they have to do a better job. Winning their home games, they're, they're um, now a, a game under 500, or they're they're now 500 at home, just like they are on the road. Um, and so, yeah, they've got a lot of things they still got to accomplish and still got to do on the home front, sitting at nine and nine now on the year. But Orlando, you know, turned the ball over 14 times, some in very key situations. Passing was not crisp. Movement was not crisp, and, and the offense suffered for it. They shot 40.5% from the floor. Still have, had a chance to win the game, mind you, but left a lot on the board. Um, there was a, a stretch at the beginning of the fourth quarter, which, again, we'll talk about in a little bit more detail here because it was, a, it was an important stretch for the Magic, um, where their defense essentially kept Toronto off the board. Um, for the first five minutes of the fourth quarter, the Raptors only scored five points in the game. That should be a time where you expand and extend your lead. Instead, the Magic shot 1-for-10 from the floor. were unable to get to the foul line, which they generally did a good job of in this game, uh, and instead fell behind a little bit in that stretch. And so a really key stretch of the game, the Magic just were not able to, to generate offense consistently, um, felt a little bit rushed. You know, Toronto does a really good job pressuring you. I was really impressed with their pressure defense. They switched a little bit too much to my liking. There's a lot of opportunities to get Nikola Vucevic the ball on the on the block with with Kyle Lowry on him, the Toronto pressure did such a good job denying that pass and denying um, the Magic from doing some of the easy things that they wanted to do. That um, it, it was a really impressive defensive performance, not just for the Magic but also for the Raptors. But Orlando had key turnovers and key misses and key decisions that 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 just did not go right at key moments that kept Toronto in control of the game. This was, and again, and if Orlando plays with the intensity that they played with in the second half, in the first half, with even just a little bit more of the sharpness that they had, they would have been in control of this game. Because Toronto played a good game, but they played only the game they needed to play against Orlando. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that to be derogatory to Toronto. I thought they played well. Um, but they played the they played just enough to beat Orlando. It, it felt like in that second half. In that first half, it felt like they were going to blow the doors open. Um, everyone's still learning. Everyone's still figuring themselves out. So... Uh, you know, don't don't read too much into that. But Orlando certainly can feel, certainly should feel a bit deflated. I mean, last second shots are last second shots. They're they're tough to guard. Uh, you know, I thought even though Aaron Gordon was late getting to Danny Green, I thought he still contested the shot well, made it a difficult shot, and Green just hit the shot. And you know, I got the sense from the press conference after the game that Steve Clifford was okay 
with the shot that the, the Raptors ultimately took, that he saw that look and it's like, if that's the shot that beats us, that's the shot that beats us. As, as I often say when it comes to close games, good teams don't win close games. They avoid them because of random stuff like that. And, you know, Clifford has a little bit of a history with struggling in close games, even with Kemba Walker as a closer. But uh, Orlando can certainly look to other points of the game where they kind of lost this one. Again, that first half where they really struggled offensively. The uh, the turnovers that they had, uh, giving up a lot of offensive rebounds. They gave up 17 second chance points, although just six offensive rebounds, which is pretty incredible if you think about it. 17 second chance points off six offensive rebounds. That, that, that doesn't feel right. And even though Toronto turned the ball over more than the Magic, Toronto's got a little bit more of a margin for error than the Magic do. So, you know, Orlando did a lot of really good things. They forced a lot of turnovers. They had, uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute, too. They forced a lot of turnovers. They played really strong defense. And honestly, in the first half, I think I commented online, the Magic's defense has been really good this half, minus giving up offensive rebounds, minus giving up turnovers. Um, those little things, they add up. And against a good team like Toronto, it can cost you the game. Now, if we want to use this game as a measuring stick, which which I think we can to some extent, let's not let's not dive too deep into that. But if the Magic wanted to use this as a measuring stick against one of the best teams in the East, you know, at this point, the best team in the East, then they certainly show that they have flaws. Their offense is going to ground to a halt. Um, it, it's not always going to generate easy looks, and, and they've got to continue to work and focus on that. Um, they can get blown out in these games. But they also showed that, yeah, they can compete with these teams. I mean, they've beaten the Spurs. They've beaten the Sixers. They've beaten the Celtics. They can compete with these teams on a night-in and night-out basis now. I think we can say that, um, at least with the way the Magic have played over the last nine games or so. They will compete. They will fight. And that's a good sign for this group. Um, you know, if, if they can stick to that mentality and stick to that culture, then the season will not go off the rails as it has in years past. Um, you know, this is one loss. They've won, still won seven of their last ten. They're still 500. They're still... If you're looking at the early standings in the playoff race, we're nearing the quarter pole of the season, so we can start thinking a little bit about the standings. But obviously, this group still has a lot to learn. It's the, both on both ends of the floor about efficiency, about being in the right spots, about about doing the right things, and 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 they'll still continue to work and learn on the learn those things as the season goes on. Now, the schedule is going to get tougher. They go to Denver on Friday to start a five-game West Coast road trip. Um, it's kind of a six-game road trip because they won't play at home for a little while. Um, but this is a tough road trip, no doubt. At Denver, at the Lakers, at the Warriors, at the Blazers, at the Suns. And, and that game to close close the road trip at the Suns is, is a trap game, if I've ever seen one. Then they can come home for a few days and then play at the Heat. So, And then the Nuggets at home again. So it, it's going to be a little bit of a rocky road, and, and the Magic are going to have to do their best to to steal wins when they can get them. It's going to take a lot of resolve, a lot of resolve that they've shown over the last week uh, to get some of these wins. It's going to ha- show a lot of resolve to do to accomplish what they need to accomplish, keep their heads above water until and until they get some home games, until they get a chance to regroup a little bit, and then make their push from there. This is a big, big road trip coming up starting Friday. We'll learn a lot. Again, I've said this to everyone I've talked to about the Magic. We're going to know a lot about this team before Christmas because this next stretch of games, these next 21, 22 days are really, really, really tough. Just just from a tax, not even just the opponents. The opponents are tough. I think Chicago, Miami, 
are the only teams they and Phoenix are the only teams they play under and Dallas are the only teams they play under 500 in the next um, next 10 or 12 games. So it's going to be a tough road. But Orlando will, has shown that they can win these games and they can compete. And if they want to be considered a 500 team, if they want to be considered a playoff team, they'll find a way to compete. They'll find a way to win some of these games. So we'll learn a lot about this Magic group as this season continues. Let's run through the final box score real fast. Talk about some key contributors on this team. Um, let's start with Aaron Gordon. I'm not, I'm not going to start with Evan Fournier here, but start with Aaron Gordon. 16 points, 5 for 15 shooting, 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 9 rebounds, 3 block shots for Aaron Gordon. This was a tough night for Aaron Gordon, but but a good one, I thought. Um, the shooting percentage isn't great. I thought he forced some of his offense, um, but he also kind of had Kawhi Leonard on him. He had Pascal Siakam on him for a little while. Um, he had a tough call tonight where he was the primary defender on Kawhi Leonard. And and while Kawhi Leonard still put up a good game, 18 points, 8 for 6 shooting, um, I thought Aaron Gordon did a really good job on him. He made Kawhi's shot attempts difficult. Kawhi did not have anything easy in this game. Um, and Kawhi's a better player. He beat him a few times, and so give him credit for that. But I thought Gordon did a really good job keeping Leonard in front of him and, and kind of gumming up that part of Toronto's offense. And there's a reason I think Toronto struggled a little bit and while Leonard put up good numbers, um, I think that was a big part of the reason was, was Gordon's defense on him. So I give a lot of credit to Aaron Gordon, even though I think there were some mistakes, there were some missteps here and there. Um, this offense still left a little bit to be desired. Um, I thought, honestly, Gordon was a little too unselfish at times in this game when he should have taken shots. He was passing it up, especially uh, with that big lineup that we saw in the early fourth quarter. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Um, but um, Aaron Gordon, I thought, again, a really solid game. Uh, when he really focused in on the glass and getting rebounds in the second half, uh, that really changed the Magic's game. Um, I thought that he was focused too much on Leonard early on, giving up rebounding position, giving up rebound opportunities. When he started helping Vucevic on the glass, that's when things really picked up for the Magic. Evan Fournier led the team in scoring with 27 points, 11 for 20 shooting, 4 for 9 from beyond the arc. Um, obviously, the big play at the end, 4 assists as well for him. He continues to pass the ball really, really well. Um Obviously, had the big dunk at the end of the game that tied it. Um, that was just a really smart play. And, and honestly, that was what was really good about Fournier and what's been good about him in this stretch is, is how he cuts and how he moves without the ball and plays off of you know Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon or whoever's got the ball in the high post. Um, he's do- doing a really good job freeing himself and setting up his jumper that way. And I think that's really, really important for him. Um, you know, he's still has those moments where he does a curl screen or a flare screen and just kind of comes around it and fires without really squaring up or getting on balance or even considering where the defense is. There's, there's sometimes contested. He's, he does still tend to take uh, some heat check shots, which you know I'm not a huge fan of from him. I want to see the ball, I, and I'm not a huge fan of that from anybody. I want to see the ball keep moving. I want to see the ball um, moving side to side and, and really breaking down that defense. And, and that's something that I think the Magic are still still getting the hang of a little bit and still um, getting comfortable with. And, and so I think that Orlando is uh, Orlando is definitely uh, taking some steps forward and, and, and getting there, but they still fall into a little bit of these traps, as, as anyone would, and this was a frustrating game. But Forty, I thought, did a good job driving to the basket. I thought um, offensively he was as good as he's ever been, as, as he's been all season. And obviously the stat line kind of shows that with, with the strong performance that he had. Nikola Vucevic, another double-double, the Eastern Conference Player of the Week. 14 points, 18 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 for 12 shooting, missed all three of his three-pointers. 
which makes him six for nine on twos. Um, Vucevic did a really good job, I think, establishing position. Um, you know, in the post especially. Uh, you know, going going up against Serge Ibaka is a tough cover, um, but he handled it well. Um, and um, I thought that you know the Raptors do a lot of switching, so they'd have Kyle Lowry on him a little bit more. Um, Orlando needed to do a better job feeding him the ball in that case. When they did, he scored. It was easy. He's he's got great touch around the basket. He's got great feel. He's he's in rhythm right now um, with a shot. Um, but Orla- but Toronto's pressure defense made it difficult for Orlando to get Vucevic more touches and more opportunities. There's a reason he only took 12 shots in this game. Um, I, again, I thought Vucevic, like them, like everyone else, was a little um, timid or not timid's not the right word. Um, was a little hands off in the first half. Um, you know, he's he grabbed 12 of his 18 rebounds in the second half. That really changed the game when Vucevic focused in on on securing the glass. That helped Orlando kind of establish their defense. Um, when they made stops, they got stops, they got it, got back out in transition, or they got the ball back going the other way. This was absolutely key. This was vital to Orlando uh, ultimately coming back in this game. And, and so Vucevic deserves credit for kind of steadying the ship in that second half and with that, that that first unit to start the third quarter. Other notable lines, Jonathan Isaac, nine points, three for seven, shooting five rebounds for him. Um, his defensive impact is clear to see if... if you're not watching these games and coming away super excited about what Jonathan Isaac is doing. Um, I would watch a little closer. Um, he is, you know, he made a few defensive mistakes, um, some some minor ones, just kind of losing track of shooters as, as he crashed for, for rebounds or tried to help the ball. Um, you know, just maybe a step slow or a step late recognizing what he had to do, um, which is fine. He's still technically a rookie. He's still really a rookie in a lot of ways. Um, but his defense is just at another level. He just makes the right defensive plays. He changes shots without blocking them all the time, so his block numbers aren't going to be fantastic um, all the time. Um, he will have fantastic block numbers, which which he's already had this year, um, but he is just playing really, really well. You can see him getting more comfortable. I, I was surprised that, the, that Steve Clifford didn't start him in this game. I thought that, that he was ready to take on more minutes. Medical staff obviously disagrees. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting Friday or starting very, very soon. He looks healthy. He played 20 minutes in this game. Um, I think he's ready to take on more. I think he's ready to go full bore. He's confident with his jumper. Whether it goes in all the time or not, another issue, but uh, he's continuing to play really, really well. Uh, Mo Bamba kind of breaking free from from a stretch of, of struggling games. Seven points, two for three shooting, five rebounds for him. Um, made his jumper well, but you could still you could see he's a rookie. Um, you know, I hate to I hate to say this. I know a lot of people are really excited about him. He still makes a lot of rookie mistakes out there. Just not always sure where he's supposed to be offensively. That's why I think his offensive role is super super basic at the moment, which is fine. That's what we expected. And defensively, he's he's just a hair late. He's 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 getting it, but he's he's not quite there yet. And so, um, you know, continuing to limit his minutes a little bit, um, limit his impact is fine. Um, he's making shots when he's getting them, made a three, had a nice dunk on a, on a lob from Terrence Ross. He's making his presence felt defensively, even if he's not always in the right spots, um, but doing a good job, I think, with 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 his development and, and growing the way that he needs to grow. So Mo Bamba, another solid outing with seven points in this one. Finally, Terrence Ross coming down to earth a bit, four points, two for 10 shooting, missed all four of his three-pointers. Um, I think the deal with Terrence Ross is he's going to turn on fire. I mean, he's got the green light. He's going to shoot with those second units. Um, and, you know, if he's making them, great. If he's missing them, not great. Um, and so tonight he wasn't making them. That's why Wessel Wendu finished the game, I think, rather than Terrence Ross or Jonathan Simmons, who also struggled a bit. 
Um, so maybe one of those games for Ross. We'll see how he plays in the next one Friday. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Toronto Raptors 93-91 to in a hard-fought game, but ultimately one the Magic should feel they left on the board. They're next in action Friday night at Denver as they start a five-game road trip. At the beginning of the fourth quarter in this game, the Orlando Magic finally gave us the preview we've all been looking for. Coming to a basketball court near you, we present the victorious B.I.G. For the first time all season, Jonathan Isaac, Muhammad Bamba, and Aaron Gordon, Bamba, Isaac, Gordon, B.I.G., shared the floor at the same time. It's an ex- it was an exciting moment, and it largely worked exactly how the Magic intended. The Raptors scored only five points in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter with that lineup in. They committed six turnovers. If it weren't for the Magic's own struggles offensively, they scored only two points, shooting one for ten in that stretch as well, and having their own fair share of turnovers. If it weren't for the Magic's poor offense, this would have been the defining moment of the game. The moment when the Magic pulled away and took control. Because that group played absolutely stellar defense. You could feel the energy and the excitement with each defensive play on how that group played together. It was mesmerizing and breathtaking to see the team working so well together and seeing the full vision come to life. There were times when players tried to pass through the trees with Isaac and Bamba surrounding a player and it not getting through, obviously. This was indicative of how the Magic played throughout the entire game, or at least for the the important parts of the game for the Magic. They were strong defensively. It became their backbone in this game because the Magic offense never really came around. Orlando shooting 40.5% for the game, 8 for 30 from beyond the arc. It was never really there for them. And Evan Fournier hit half of those eight three-pointers. Orlando's offense never really came. And to this point in the season, when that happened, when that happens, when the offense doesn't quite work, the Magic falter. The Magic lose. The Magic, frankly, get blown out. Their defense crumbles. Instead, in this game, the defense stepped up. And it shows in the low scores. I don't need to tell you what the what the defensive rating was. The Magic gave up only 93 points. This wasn't a necessarily slow game by pace. The Magic just played really good defense. Forced tough shots. Got into passing lanes. Forced Toronto to make mistakes and turn the ball over. Contested shots. Even that last shot, I thought they contested. This had to be the central focus for Orlando. That if everything else fails, their defense will still give them a chance to win. And for the first time all year, that happened. I've sat here and talked about culture and and identity. And I've said, I've defined identity as what you do that you don't have to think about. If everything else is going wrong, 
This is the one thing that will always be fine and give you a chance. The Magic aren't there yet. Don't get me wrong. This is one game, and that five-minute stretch was one five-minute stretch. Certainly, I think Clifford got enough evidence to, to see that Isaac Gordon and Bamba lineups should get another another go. Certainly, they should. We all know they should. Whether Gordon, Clifford's ready to do it, we'll see. But Orlando played with that mentality. And on a night where they couldn't hit shots consistently, that kept them in the game. That not only kept them in the game, it brought them back into the game. As they're not scoring 30 points in the the third quarter. 38 points in the third quarter without their defense stepping up. They're not keeping this game close despite scoring only 16 points in the fourth quarter without their defense stepping up. This game, the disappointment was the Magic streaking offense. You know, the best offense in the league over the last nine games. Not holding up its end of the bargain against a, a pretty good defense. The Magic showed that that they can play pretty good defense too. And so, they've done it once. We've seen them do it. Didn't come in a win. They didn't learn a lesson in a win like they have the last few times. But they played pretty good defense, but not like this. The Magic know they're capable of games like this. And, you know, 93 points is is tough. That's probably not a realistic goal or number for them. But we know Orlando can play at this high level for long stretches of time, even when their offense isn't working. So now that expectation's set. Now that ability is known. If the Orlando Magic want to build the identity they want to have, the next step is the big one, pun intended. The next step is making these kinds of games more normal occurrences. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I want to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. There will not be a show tomorrow as we celebrate Thanksgiving. I'll probably do a quick show on Friday. I'm not going to promise a whole lot there. Um, as I'm sure I'll be in a tryptophan-induced coma. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you all next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.